I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. I got a little pre-episode banter for you this week. Uh, this one's going out to first-time party promoters or people who are considering throwing parties. Um, I had a little experience this weekend. wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't necessarily great. However, it's something that I have seen happen time and time again with newer promoters. Uh, I mean, there's a whole book you could write on doing your first parties, but I would say the first thing you want to do is make sure you don't go too big too quickly. Basically, uh, this party that I played at this weekend was a two-room party, and they kind of envisioned having around, I don't know, a thousand people or something, which is, you know, something you can totally manage, but for your first party, I think that's a bit extreme, and... The numbers, as you can imagine, were probably a little bit of a lower turnout because they weren't really up on what they were doing. So uh, it made it even worse because there was two rooms. Um, I'm not a big fan of parties in general that have multiple rooms because it kind of breaks up the vibe and it kind of means that there's two parties going on rather than one, basically. Um, that being said, there's still plenty of great parties that have multiple rooms, but they, those are usually run by guys that, or girls that have been doing this for quite a while. Um, case in point with my party this weekend, if the room would have been condensed down to one party, you would have, you know, a pretty full room and the vibe would be much more conducive to what you're trying to go for. Whereas this weekend you got two rooms and nobody really knew what was going on. Nobody was really getting into anything. And I, I just think it's a crisis that could have been averted. Anyway, uh, there's a free tidbit for you. Hopefully stick to one room in the future until you build it up and you just can't go without having a second room. This week's guest is Eric Cloutier. Internationally, he's probably best recognized as a resident of the Bunker New York crew. Uh, that collective features the likes of Derek Plasleko, Patrick Russell, Donato Dazi, Mike Servito, and Clay Wilson, among some others. And uh, you've probably been hearing about them a lot in the media. They kind of got a good thing going on right now. We've had uh, Derek on the show. Um, I think that was earlier this summer. So uh, if that's kind of a sound that you're curious about, check those guys out. Uh, anyway, New York wasn't his final stop, though. He moved to Berlin somewhat recently. I don't know when exactly, but I want to say it was probably in the past four to five years, maybe a little bit earlier. I don't know. Anyway, since then, he's expanded into the production realm because for, before he was just DJing. Um, mostly in the past couple of years is really where the output has started to come out. He's got a small handful of tracks on various compilations with credible labels like uh, Mosaic or Wolf Skull. And he recently started his own label called uh, Palanoia, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, the first EP came out last week, I believe. I cannot pronounce the title correctly. On the DJ front, he is known for having a very credible and classy taste in techno ranging from dub-dub techno trips to party tribal jams. And while he's not as well known as some of the other guests on our show yet, uh, those who do know of him hold him in very high regard. Uh, we always have really nice conversations, and I think he's a great selector, 
So I wanted to have him on the show, and I'm glad that it finally happened. Uh, it's a bit on the longer side, so I won't blabber on any longer. And uh, just want to say there's no crazy topics or themes on this episode. It's just a couple of DJs chatting and shooting the shit, and uh, that's totally fine by me. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trainwrecks. Thanks. What's your name? Eric Cloutier. That's right. That's who we have on the show. I had to double check now. But you started off in Detroit working for Toyota. Yeah. And then you moved to New York. Yeah. What prompted that move? <laughs> Detroit was just not working for me anymore. But I mean, was, what, I mean why was, just because New York is New York? Or? I just was over Detroit. Yeah. I, just, I didn't want to work in automotive. Yeah. Because that's... I mean, I, I, I liked my job a lot. I definitely liked working at Toyota. But I just didn't want to... It's such an obvious path yeah. in Michigan and in Detroit that I didn't want to fall into it. Well, I mean, what, what do you think about Detroit now that it's kind of on the up and up, apparently? I mean, I think it's great now that they're doing, you know, they've done all this stuff where like if you move there and start a new business, I think you get something like three years that you don't have to pay taxes. Really? Like, there's all these incentives. It's basically tax-free. Yeah. So they're, they're, wow. they're all, they've got all these incentives to to get people to move there because they <laughs> desperately need to have an economy. Yeah. But I, whatever, it's, it's still Detroit. It's, it's only really entertaining one weekend out of the year. Of course. But I mean, like, let's say aside from techno music or whatever, do you think it could come to the point where it's one of those cities, you know, like for right, for example, there's those kind of cities in the States, like let's say Austin, Philly. Texas or whatever, where people are always, like, oh, it's a cool city. There's uh, shit to do or there's good food or whatever. You know, like, do you ever see Detroit kind of maybe becoming one of those cities, do you think? Totally. If, yeah. It's definitely on its way there, but it's going to have to get past its crime stigma. Yeah. So, like, maybe another 10 years or something yeah, like that. Maybe. Who knows? No, it's actually gotten better, but, like, they're just doing stupid shit. Like, now there's this monorail that runs from, like, 8 Mile all the way down Woodward. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's... It's like literally, it's it, kind of like, it's kind of unnecessary. It's basically, well, you know how pointless the people mover is. Oh yeah. So it's that, except it goes north and south. Totally. Cool. Great. Well, who needs a, a monorail to run down Woodward? There's already buses that do that. Well, not and only it that, takes but you to nothing. I, I just, I mean, is it, is there enough people that are really no. using it <laughs> like to go to work down there? I don't see it happening. Well, that's the thing is none of the jobs are really downtown yeah. and nobody really lives downtown. Yeah. So what's the point? Is it going to take you to like Hockey Town Cafe and Hard Rock? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know. They got a ways to go. But so you moved out. You you, uh, took off to New York. When when did you arrive in New York? I think it was like February 2007. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't remember. So um, and then you came out to Berlin officially how many years ago? Three and a half. Almost four now. Okay. Four years in March. It's crazy how time flies, right? <laughs> what do I have to show for it? Well, that's why you're on the show today, because you do have some stuff that you kind of put out in the last two, three years. Yeah, finally. You got a new label. I do. Um, what's the name of that label? Palanoia. Palanoia. Okay. Um, I made you say it because I couldn't pronounce it. Don't worry. Nobody can. <laughs> why is job on that name? Yeah, well, you know, um, make people Google it. So, I mean, I know I have the promo, but is it out yet, or is it on its way out, or... Oh, you know, the standard pressing plant issues. It was supposed to come out, like, the end of September, and then it was moved to October 15th. That was great. I was happy about it because it would have been out before ADE. And it was supposed to come out last Monday. Now it's coming out on Halloween. Okay. Officially. Officially coming out on Halloween. 
So um, I guess this is going to go on the air next week, so it'll be out when you hear this, yeah. basically. Um, I mean, for those you know that haven't heard the the first release yet, what's 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 up with the record? What's the idea for the label? Uh, the idea for the label was just mainly that I I wanted to have something that I could curate myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'm always getting like decent promos from people that are completely unknown. Yeah. That it's like, why isn't anybody? putting this out or the people on soundcloud send me the links to their their tracks and i'm like these are fantastic when's it coming out and they're like oh i, I just made it like it's it's nothing yeah it's just so, a track yeah it's just but it's like this is super good so i've started kind of cherry picking okay. some of those releases so all the other ones are going to be it's not going to just be like my so own it is album. an open platform then yeah yeah okay the first one was just mine just because i had an ep that i wanted to put out and i felt like well that makes sense just start my own label with my own record but i'm not gonna be like it's not gonna be like omar s where he only puts out his own stuff yeah. i mean i think there's a um there's merits to both ways of doing it yeah, you know but um and that's a thing you know that's come up on this show and even some people have written in about it actually the, they get like for me example my label i'm not really taking demos at the moment but that's mainly because i just don't have the resources to do a good job for more people it's time but consuming. it is and um so people you know or you read about it on facebook they're like why don't this label they only do shit from their friends or he only puts his own stuff out or you know and it's like so i think it's you know there's there's definitely a need for more labels which is crazy because there's a fuck ton of labels now <laughs> like too many way too but many. i mean well curated labels is still few and far between in my opinion but there's a lot that it's like you feel like they're redundant like yeah, it's, of it's, course, it's but... the same eight people like they each run their own label but they only put out stuff from their seven friends yeah like this core group of things and, and it's just like why don't you just put one one super label like why yeah why what makes you feel so good about it that you have to have like five of the same thing yeah i mean i i don't know like i i really like the idea of i think it's the best way to do it personally is like when you have like a group of friends or, or whatever that are well, pushing trust each other. Each other yeah. It's like your little tribe or whatever word you want to use. And, um, so I think that's awesome. But yeah, if you're going to just, you know, pass the wand around mm-hmm. for each record, it's, when it's some of them, it's like without even listening to the samples, I already know what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? Cool. Did yeah. you make that same record like six times already? But in, I mean, in fairness, that's kind of how it's always been though. Hasn't it? Like going back to, you know, to, to, Acid House and all that stuff. Well, and, for sure. I mean, there's definitely people that you look at the name and you're like, I've heard that. It's good. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> it's, you know. But that's the general consensus is every, a lot of things these days are definitely good. Like, we can sit here and open up my promo mailbox right now, go through and be like, it's all good. And that's all you have to say about it. Right. You know what I mean? Is and it memorable in some capacity? It's not memorable. But like if if, if you were, <laughs> if someone was playing a card like I made this, it's like, okay, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But like... There's also just a glut of stuff, though. I mean, I was talking yeah. to Zach, uh, DVS1, mm-hmm. about this the other day, and he was just like, I just cleaned out 100 promos from my inbox. Yeah. And in the time, like from Monday to Wednesday, just before ADD, AD, he was just like, I just got 122 more. Yeah. Like, how? What? <laughs> how, what's the point? Yeah, it's, it's insane, really. And but a lot I mean, of them are just like, they're obviously just like digital only things. So the, you, mm-hmm. you can smash those out super quickly. What do you, I mean, are you opposed to the digital only stuff or digital only? Yeah, I'm not, I don't, 
totally okay. agree with. Because is just, your label going to be available digital or just a vinyl thing? Or? I think I'm just going to do vinyl, but I there's a possibility that like maybe when number four comes out, I'll put out number one like for okay. sale on Bandcamp or something like that. But for the most part, I mean, I'm a vinyl guy. Yeah. Not that I only play vinyl, but it's just such a big part of my yeah. collection in my life. So I'll stick with it. But digital only, I've never really. I mean, I there are granted. There's tons of really good digital only stuff. Not to say that's bad, mm-hmm. but it just becomes, it just disappears like so fast because yeah. there's so much. There doesn't have any staying power. I mean, you look at like new releases on Beatport or Juno Download or one of those things, and it's just like you can literally hit refresh and watch it move down. <laughs> like it's yeah. just disappearing within seconds. And I think that's part of the problem. Is it's just too much. Well, and I, I mean, I honestly think when you attach a monetary value to something, it actually will change the your perception of it, for better or worse. Like, you know, for example, I was just over at a friend's house. He's getting rid of some gear and, and cables and what kind of stuff, and we were having this talk. And really, if you are, like, let's use a shitty analogy. Like, if if you pay for like a five dollar pair of sunglasses, you don't care what happens to them. Smash them, smash them, you sit on them. You, you probably a- like if you're drinking, you as a joke, you throw them or whatever, and you're like whatever, it's five bucks. But if you go out and buy like even you pair, spend a hundred bucks on Ray Bans or whatever it is that you're into, you're gonna be way more careful with it or appreciate it more. And right. I like to think that's the same with a dollar fifty MP3 versus a ten dollar record. Um, yeah, I mean, but there's the problem is, is that then you go from if it's something that I'm buying digitally, I don't have something that I can actually show for it. Yeah. You know, like I'm not actually holding mm-hmm. anything. So it's, you're even less likely to treat it. Well, my, my feeling has always been when I go out, like I do buy a bunch of stuff on Bandcamp, and I don't really feel like, Oh, I just paid, you know, whatever money for a bunch of ones and zeros. Basically. I feel like I, it's like throwing a tip someone's way. Like I really dig what you're doing. Keep it up. There's also something about Bandcamp though, that like, you know that it's going to the person who created it. Yeah. It's not just arbitrarily floating a lot around in some like, you know, bank account somewhere, and then maybe they get pushed their cash at the end. Like at least that, well, and that's definitely happening with streaming nowadays. And I'm still not really on board with it. Um, no. You know, and everybody tries to justify it, and I guess maybe it's just because I was fortunate enough to be putting records out in a time where there was still a little bit of money to be made off of releasing music. And you know, I, I got my I got a statement uh for last quarter for one of my things and I had a track and I think it was something on drum code or something. It was like forty thousand streams, which is cool. I'm glad that forty thousand people listen to it. But then it comes out to I think it's like, like it's like a penny. It, it was fifteen <laughs> Euros, you know? And uh which I mean take what you can get, but I'm like if one percent of those forty thousand would have bought it, I think I don't know what the math breaks down to, but I'm guessing one or two bucks would come my way. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at four to $800 versus 15 and they're like, but streaming's the future. I'm like, is it not for me? <laughs> Who's it the future for? And the other part of it is, is like, I, I don't know. I don't always have an internet connection to stream stuff. I don't want to pay an extra 30 bucks a month to have more data on my phone so I can stream music when I'm Was walking. This, are you talking street. about like through Spotify? Yeah, whatever those services are. But I mean, because like Music. the big port streaming thing is dead. I've never, I never, I didn't even know they had it for the longest time. <laughs> I, I remember it being like announced and mm-hmm. water under the bridge. Oh well, actually, I don't even know if it's in the news yet, or maybe it was in the news. I don't really follow Resident Advisor or any of these sites anymore. But 
I got an email last night with I think that it's that SFX is bankrupt or something. It's, yeah, they, it's, they send the they've sent out the um, the legal. But it's basically, hey, if we owe you money, you're gonna have to contact this person. Right? Uh, one of those. Things. Yeah, it's like it's now gone into holdings or some shit like that. And yeah, good luck getting that. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm assuming like the bigger labels, like defected and stuff, will be on the case. But yeah, the other the guy, other person that's like trying to find their Euro fifty. It's, yeah, it's just, not gonna happen. Water under the bridge. It's like, oh, cool, that's another check I'm not getting paid for. But I always thought that was hilarious. What was it like? Those celebrities that were posting their Spotify royalties. It was just like 27 million plays, and I just made like oh, seven yeah. bucks. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Like uh, the 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 key case for that was uh, Pharrell. He did the song "Happy," 43 million streams, and he got paid two grand. His biggest hit of his career. He got two grand $2, for it. Thousand dollars. You know, Jesus. So I mean, that's insulting in so many ways. Yeah, and I mean, I I can't. You know, I do Netflix, so it's not like I I'm any better. It's just streaming, but with video instead of audio. So I guess I'm part of the problem. But I don't know. I just. I mean, I just the streaming thing. Like, I think I'm the only person I know that hasn't signed up for Spotify. Like, I still am okay with the free account. Yeah, I have the free account because like, I, I try to use it as little as possible. You know, I don't. So, I just don't use it. Yeah. I, and well, you know what I did find out, by the way, if you have AdBlock Pro and you use the browser version, you don't hear the advertisements anyways. Oh, God. Okay. So now I'll start using it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So like, because I, I, there's been so many of my friends that are just like, you don't pay for it. It's like, how do you not hear the advertisements? Like, I don't know. I don't use, I don't download the app. Well, so I just use the browser version. I've ne- I've been listening to shit for like hours, and I've never heard a single commercial. The thing is, um, with the commercials, especially here on the uh, in Germany, Germany, oh god, like these guys that because it's like this, like they scream, but it's like the pop voice, like uh, I don't, I'm not even gonna try because it's so terrible. Well, but they sound like pedophiles or something. You know what I mean? I'm just like, whoa! <laughs> I just want to get back to listening to Slayer. You know what I'm saying? But that's also the uh, volume differential. Where oh, you're yeah. like you're having a good time listening to whatever you're listening to, and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like an advertisement for like I'll uh, be doing the voice. dishes and it scares it the, scares shit the out hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I you know all those services, uh, it's inevitably the future. This discussion we're having is pointless because that's it's, what's you know happen, what the, but... the future's torrenting, and I think at some juncture they're just gonna have to be like you know what, fuck it, yeah. like just take it. I mean, they're just gonna charge like more. That. Well, they'll just charge more for movies. Like when you go to the cinema, it won't be. 13 euro it'll be 25 euro and just fuck it yeah. when you leave the theater you get a free download like fuck it mm-hmm. just stop trying to fight it just give it up it's not gonna but i mean go away you know like and i'm i still buy records mainly because a lot of the stuff that i play as a dj for whatever reason comes out as vinyl only and it drives me nuts i don't i know you're doing vinyl only for now but i'm not a big fan of vinyl only no but, right but do um, you rip your vinyl or no all the time okay everything there is ripped but um, the other part of it is, is that I, you know, I just like having a physical medium. Like, do you remember the feeling like when you jump in your car, you go buy a CD and like, I don't know, maybe your mom's driving you, your friend, you rip it open and you're like looking through the linear notes and yeah. shit like that. You check out the whole thing. It's like a, a ritual fun. package. Yeah. And now you're just like, great. It's on the thing. Or you get a record, you're like, cool. And you just throw it in the pile with the other records or something. But. I don't know. You should I'm see just, my records. They're some of the stuff that I've owned for like 15 years. It still looks like I bought it like yesterday. Are you I'm one a, of those meticulous dudes? I'm not like hyper nerdy where I'm like wiping it down and like, you know, they're shelved all or not all like in the plastic sleeves. But I don't know. I've, I've, anything I've ever invested money in, it's like 
I don't know. I just the pride level or something like that. But no, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm like that with my gear. I'll leave the plastic on and shit. But, <laughs> but you like know. you know, watching like seeing like Jeff Mills when he was still playing vinyl. Oh, you just throw it on the floor. Just throw it on the floor and like stand on it. And I'm honest, just like, oh my god. That's what I used to do too. And then it would start skipping. I'm like, dude, I gotta, I gotta take better care of my shit. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, I can't find this one again. So. Or it's on Discogs for like a hundred euro. But what? Yeah, what I would do is uh, the old trick of you take the cardboard sleeves and just fucking chuck them so you could fit more records in your bag, right. you know, just the paper sleeves. But then yeah, but they, time they, comes, they rub like, against each other. Yeah, the records get fucked up, and then you realize that with the sleeve, if they're in good condition, they're worth money. You want to get rid of it, and you're like, dude. I have this box of sleeves and I don't know what goes to where. I'm never going to go through with it. Or like nothing matches. Like, yeah, exactly. Like it, it's a it's a RNS sleeve with a like a force ink record. Totally. Just some mix up. But I mean, I guess that's uh, that's half the beauty of it too. You go to a record shop sometimes and you see the mix match, which you're like, actually, no, this is kind of cool. I'm going to grab this. The one that's been killing me is that because I still shop quite a bit at a record loft, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. Granted, I feel like. I definitely need to wash my hands multiple times while I'm there. Yeah. That place it's is just, cold season now. Too. It's grody as fuck in there. But uh, I'm, I keep finding records and I'm like, oh, this is super good. And then I go home and look it up on Discogs and I'm like, oh, this is a double pack. And where's the other goddamn Oh, yeah. I did, I've done that a few times. <laughs> it kills me. So I just spent money on it and it's just like, wait, there's four more tracks mm-hmm. that I didn't get. Or the problem is, is like <clears> there's a lot of nice to have tracks which is what i call them that you probably never play them you're like oh this is dope and really i could have dealt with the beatport mp3 because the record's not that special to right. me so but that's speaking of I, th- I keep finding things on beatport that are really questionable vinyl rips like oh, they must course. have lost that's always been the case but they like they must and have it's lost always the from detroit or chicago or it's just like they didn't even uh raise the volume it's like you minus see the waveform like, is are you fucking kidding me and of course if you want to buy the wave it's 275 but then you get it you download it and like at the very beginning it's all crackly and shit i'm like are you yeah. fucking kidding me right now i i think i i just got some like maybe an old mike dunn track or something like that where i'm just like dude i'm better off going out and ripping this myself right than, than buying it from yeah me. but good luck finding the tracks rec- or like final that oh yeah totally doesn't sound like complete shit but you know that's the character that it gives you, like I mean, <laughs> tracks records. No, no, no. I mean, like when when the, when uh, the tracks, the the quality, sound quality of shit. Oh, yeah. it gives it character. You know, to a degree. Like all these Chicago records, if they have pristine, um, like mastering and like the shit that people do these days and stuff, half those tracks would be lame. The fact that it's like, do well, you want to hear a high fidelity punk record? I don't. Hell no. You know, like a lot of those old like amazing Motown and 1940s records that have this like weird nostalgic vibe that we've all we know it's because they're all like wobbly yeah but if you were to hear it like pristine and new it would probably just sound like some overproduced uh trite pop bullshit you know what I'm saying there was something that was remastered some something from like the 60s or 70s Led Zeppelin or something maybe and I was just like huh (laughs) it's like something something's too perfect about it yeah now like you've cleaned it all up and it was Queen. Like, oh. they remastered Queen, and all of a sudden it was just like, I liked it way more. I know it was still, like, obviously dumped on yeah. old-ass tapes. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I I understand what mastering is, but some sometimes how they can remaster some of this stuff really blows my mind, <laughs> or especially, like, with movies, you know, where they'll have a movie from, like, Wizard Oz or some shit, but now it's in 4K, which <laughs> is the newest resolution. I'm like, well, how do you... How did you upgrade the yeah, old-ass footage? I feel like that's not a really accurate... 
4K thing, but I don't know shit about video. It sells, Maybe it is. sells Blu-rays. Yeah, well, and but then then you look at it, and you're just like, dude, I didn't need Mrs. Doubtfire in 4K. You know what I'm saying? What, so, you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, I bought Mrs. Doubtfire. I know 4K. you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so but that's the other part of it is everything's like Christian Morgenstern. Uh, you know, he's mm-hmm. a fucking badass. All his stuff's kind of being remastered and re-released. And there was all those remixes that, that came out too. Yeah, that, uh, and Consequent, I think. Yeah, because um, those were awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're super good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I was really happy with uh, not only just the re-releases, but some of the remixes I was really into. They came out so rapid fire, I didn't even get to like check them all. I remember I saw yeah. like Henning did one. Yeah, there's there's eight parts to this, <laughs> and I think there's one more that still needs to come out. And um, Lord. yeah, I mean, they did a really good job with the package. So, did you do it? No, no. Um, I didn't even know that this was happening until it ended up in the shops. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it just kind of appeared. I bought them all. I mean, you know, they're good. Big fan of his stuff, and um, I think the last three albums that he did or something before he died. Well, there they was those, those up. That was those were on Forte. No, there was the ones on Consler Ops, uh, double pack. Like purple. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that one was remastered. I don't, I don't think not. they did that one. That's the thing, though. I mean, like, I don't know what the deal is or if it goes through the family. Because sometimes, you, you know, these people that have passed away, all of a sudden their shit's being re-released and well, stuff. It's like we don't Gemini know and stuff like that. I was just going to bring them up. I mean, it, as far as I know, that dude's still on the streets homeless, right? Pretty sure. Do you yeah. think he's getting a cut of any of this? <laughs> no. Spencer? I don't even I mean, know if I they d- found him. Yeah, like, because the last I read about Gemini, which was like probably a year and a half, two years ago, they're like, yeah, he's somewhere out there. <sighs> Somebody, who was I talking to? And it I, might as have a been Derek fact, Carter. I, got, I just got, th- I bought three Gemini tracks off of Vport just to have, and I'm like, yeah, he's not getting this money. Who the fuck is, you know? Well, I think, because there's a, who was it that just did it? Um, Cyclo Records? They just announced that they're doing uh, the Lost EP by Gemini. Is it really Lost? Like, or did, they just like they phoned a dad and they're like, "We're gonna capitalize. We're gonna capitalize on this shit." On this shit. Uh, fortunately, it's super good, so it's not like a bullshit EP that they're just like chomping at. But is like, where's this money going? To, to his That's family? Thing. No, Does, I mean, there's a lot of people in Chicago that listen to the show. If anybody knows, write me. I'd be curious, I or even some, to clear the air. But somebody in Chicago, I was talking to, it might have been Derek Carter. They were like, no, somebody found him. He's back in Chicago. Like he okay. was living on the streets in like or maybe L.A. or San Diego. Maybe or he, maybe they found him, and he is definitely the dude that needs the money. I don't know. I mean, but the is whole he going to even understand? Because for last I heard, he's like completely schizophrenic. You can I, hand him a check I for like no ten thousand bucks. Man. What the hell is he going to know what to do with it? I, I never met the guy. I'm not one to pass rumors, especially on on radio show. But I just heard that he was missing, and uh, it was strange when all the shit started popping up. It's the same, like, because dude. He made some killer He's fucking music. Badass records, dude. Yeah. And I mean, they're like these weird sort of, you know, everybody uses the term tech house these days, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They it's think like, it's like the Ibiza conga loop. That's like the most uncomfortable term. Is, I know. Like, but like this was, some of these tracks were, I mean, full-blown house. Some are Chicago jack tracks, but like they would ride that kind of line between techno and house perfectly, you know. Well, that, what is it? Voice Inside My Head? Yeah. That thing's a beast. Yeah. All it. So, but I mean, I... But there's also been a couple other labels that, but they just all they're doing is repressing stuff. Yeah, they've completely stopped putting out new things. And well, they, I mean, for example, they re-release all the, like the Shy Wax and all that. That's stuff. what I was gonna. Go yeah, for. and I mean those, you know, I I don't mind having remastered versions of that stuff a bit. And I get what you're saying, like why keep re-releasing the old shit, do new stuff. But I I just 
like, and I don't know the deal. Maybe everything's totally legit, but I'm just like, whoa, how, how are they able to lock down like all these old school records? And it's supposed to be. There's no way. There's no way. I have no clue, but I don't know. I can't help it because uh, I'm, I'm still buying this shit. But I mean, where are they getting it from? Did they stumble upon a box full of bats? Or are they just buying like pristine copies, running it through a dishwasher, a dishwasher and like just ripping it? And It could be. I have I no didn't... clue. Whatever. Congratulations. It's working because it seems to be sold out all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, is, <clears throat> you know... We, we we share a common we like a lot of like some of the old like kind of tribally uh mm-hmm. not what would you say like some of the hard groove records and stuff like in that vein primate records yeah. some of them some of them some the good of, ones some of them not all some of them. more like there's a box of those things that I couldn't give away oh right dude now, that's know? I'm laughing about it now because like I'm f- buying them back and I'm f- mm-hmm. but I like gave those fucking things away before I moved to New York yeah I couldn't pay people to take them I was like here I was like just take it. You know, and uh, I had a box before I moved, right when I was moving to Europe, I was just like, I got records. There's a couple crates that people can literally just have. I don't even care if you DJ. <laughs> just get you them know, out of like, my house. And uh, I don't want to say the people that were on it, but it was like that kind of disposable primate shit, you know? There was a lot of that crap. And, but there's uh, some that are... And nobody, the people are like, oh yeah, cool, I'll come. But they never came because they're like, I don't want somebody else's shit sitting in my house, you know? <laughs> I mean, like I tried to give away a bunch of like trapeze records and stuff mm-hmm. like that like that kind of minimal yeah it's like that's never coming back no it's not i mean and the thing is is i i definitely can see a minimal resurgence at some point but it won't be quite like that not thank like god that. no it'll be a little bit more refined i think yeah but i mean that's kind of how it it's you know this techno is these days it's a slightly more refined version of before the minimal crash. i mean everything's cyclical it always yeah everybody's going back to old Old house and older techno because they realized that some of it was just, I don't know, for simple it's and... too good to pass up. But it was super simple and it just somehow works better than somebody that like really meticulously tries to manufacture this track. It's like all you gotta do is grab like a crappy looper and some old disco records and pitch it up and like make, a, make a really chunky loop out of it. Yeah. It worked for Ben Sands. It worked for like some of these guys just like... Old, I can't old make Mills a house track rec- to save my soul, but old Mills records are just a bunch of disco tracks like pitched way the fuck mm-hmm. up. That being said, you know, I mean, I love all the sci-fi spaceship stuff, but I would kill for a few new purpose purpose maker records, dude. Fuck, man. You know, and then the thing is, is I uh, have you checked out the Ghost yet? That new van that's running around Berlin. That's a record shop. I keep missing it. Everybody says it's really. good. It's right over. They're usually parked over by your house. I I went over there with <laughs> yeah, because Club Division Air is right there. Uh, I went over with uh truncate and uh we did some digging one day and they had a bunch of like pristine uh like jeff mills classics in you know cat moda and all that stuff and who doesn't own three well yeah and i was like maybe but like because mine are beat up and i'm like maybe i should get these and i'm just like you know that they they, those probably on like their ninth pressing yeah you you can probably get like a new copy from the access store yeah exactly and that's why in the end i didn't pick up those records but you know where to go is power park yeah i used to go there quite a bit that place is the bomb Mm-hmm. Or what's the audio in? Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know, like uh, a lot of people that come to visit Berlin, I, I totally, I, you know, I you picked up records for me today at Hard Wax. Like, mm-hmm. there's no problem. You should go to Hard Wax. You should go to Space Hall. But if you're serious about record shopping and you want to spend the afternoon, there's so many good shops in town, really. Audio in and whatever the name is, the one that's, it's owned by is Audio it in. It's a, music? Well, that one's good, too. 
But Audio Inn, they own another store that's directly across the street. I cannot remember the name of it. But like one is more house and one is more techno. They're okay. right next to each other. Both are killer. Power Park's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and nobody goes there. Well, it's just kind of tucked away. I mean, it's not. It's, it's only not, a block off the main drive. Yeah, it's but, right there on like Reichenberger or something like yeah. that. And it's, no, not Reichenberger. It's um, um, Liebauer. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, it's like you, people probably go there for like, jazz records and stuff like that but the techno side that's in like the corner yeah it's and they're all in flawless condition definitely and, yeah. but so i mean let's let's talk more about you since this is about you uh what kind of stuff are you are you digging at the moment as a dj then like do you have a certain i mean funny you know we were just talking about old tribally stuff mm-hmm. i'm totally going back into that because i'm there's been a rash of techno stuff that's just kind of boring yeah it's just big gigantic kick drums and no soul yeah and I, that's what i always liked about those tribal records is they're they're groovy as hell but there's like a good bass line to it and they're funky and yeah you know they they kind of get you swinging people like party tracks i say that all the time on the podcast you know people do like party tracks and party I mean, tracks are called party tracks for a reason totally and i mean of course i can definitely see the i, I buy a lot of non-party tracks i like Shit that I mean, of course, no, no techno is groundbreaking these days, in my opinion. But like stuff that kind of is a little bit more, let's say, introspective or something. Yeah. But um, you gotta challenge people. A I mean, bit. yeah. But you you also gotta have some stuff that's ready for people to go crazy a bit because you know you walk into a lot of these parties and it's just like man, you feel like you stepped into a funeral or something. <laughs> and well, dude, like speaking of last weekend or two weekends ago, I played at Burkhine and I played Murder Was the Bass. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) Which is really nothing but the largest kick and like baseline. Dude, it's insane though. It's so big. I remember when that record first came out. You know, like (laughs) yeah, I I heard Adam Bear play. I was blown away. Like, what the fuck is this? He opened with that, and then I got it. That record was so big to the point where, um, you know, I had some friends that were in high school. They didn't really care about techno at all. The only thing they knew is the extent that I gave them. Like, this is Apex Twin. This is blah blah blah. But like one of these guys rushed a frat or whatever in college, and he wrote me. He's like, "Dude, have you ever heard of this track called Murder Was the Bass? This is you know." They probably downloaded it or bought it because it's a cheeky ass title. Well, yeah, but the fact of the matter is, it's like when and this is kind of before EDM and all that shit. So it's like when tracks like that are even infiltrating frat houses and stuff. It's a fucking big record. It's a big record. I mean, there was probably eighty remixes of the track, which was so unnecessary, and they're all. God awful. Yeah, I mean the the only the original is all you needed. That's such a good record, you know. And um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I haven't played it probably since. But it's like I played it for the first time in probably ten years. A couple I was, weeks that's ago. what I was going to say. And I I can't play it for like another ten. Yeah. Unless I play in like I don't know Calcutta or some shit. Yeah. Where they've. Do you, the other big record around that time was the the Ben Sims and Adam Bear the remanipulated record mm-hmm. with the big that thing kind of kicked off about a three year trend that well, that's I like can't when the, the dubs and the, all those Sims records came out all the hard yeah ones. totally but that one had the the vocal in it with the God. the Spanish vocal and then every record that came out after that kind of set that trend well, for that's a that's when you started getting all the uh, the, the Latin mm-hmm. tribal. Or like the really they got clown shoes real quickly. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like predictable as hell. Mm-hmm. But still, so but here's what happened then. Everybody was like, "Fuck this, I'm out," and they all switched to minimal. And Luciano where- comes around, he's like, "I'm gonna put a vocal on this," and then everything like had 
you know, the Spanish vocals over it for the next year and a half. I'm like, didn't we, weren't we done didn't with we, this yeah. three years ago? Or didn't we move on? And of course, I was young and impressionable. I bought all that shit. But I mean, like, I'm not, <laughs> you know, well, you I'm not going to listen to it now. But no, um, actually, funny enough, like one of the last times I was home and like digging through my old records, there was a, a couple like, oh, regrettable. Like, oh, God, I actually do own that. Like that, that's a bad record. Yeah, I've, I've got like, what am I going to do with those. it? But like, what am I going to do with it? There's a couple mulligans I'd like to take on the record bag. Well, when I was selling stuff on Discogs, and you know, somebody would buy like two or three records, I'd always like make their day and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to stick a couple extra records in there. It was just yeah. to like literally get them out of my fucking house. Or maybe house. they're offended. They're like, this fucking asshole. This, <laughs> what a piece of shit. Thanks for the free record. That yeah, sucks. nice drink coaster. I'm going to roll my joints on this sleeve now. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's getting that's it's getting more use, more than, use yeah. than I was getting out of it, so fuck it. Totally. I mean, but the thing is, is I think if you don't, it's one of those things like you got to take risks sometimes or go outside your comfort zone because that's how you build up on your sound and your tastes. Yeah, and, I mean, because uh, there's just so many literal, like just derivative sets where it's just four hours of the exact same thing. Well, that's what it is these days. It's all very specialized. Like, but that's boring. Oh, it's boring as fuck, but we don't get to decide that. Instead, we're just going to sit here at the table and have a drink in the afternoon, and then people that are making a shitload of money playing gigs, they get to decide how it's done. <laughs> Fair <So>. enough. <laughs> but, I mean, it, yeah, it is, you know, like, I am inspired by DJs that have a very diverse range, but yeah. that's not really what's popular right now, which it's... is crazy considering nobody has an attention span these days. <laughs> Right? Yeah, you'd, you'd think they'd be like totally impressed by it. Yeah, they're like, can... cool, we just heard three different things in 15 minutes, but instead they want the same they're... fucking beat. It depends on where you're at, though. I That's mean, true. I mean, there's been plenty of times, depending on the DJ as well, you know, like you can listen to Sprinkles or something like that, just go completely from left to right in one record, and it's just like, okay, you've got me. Yeah, I'm and pink. that's a really hard thing to do. It's really hard. I mean, it, you know, you can it can go south real quickly. Like, I know... Uh, when Big Beat was a thing, you know, like Fat Boy Slim and all that shit, those people prided themselves on like, we're going to play a house record and then we're going to play Break Beat. And granted, it was just because they weren't good records, but it was like too far bouncing all over like a radio mix that you're like, all right, dude, I can't. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah. That's, just, that's the time when I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Forever. I'm leaving <laughs> the club. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know, like, I can sit here. Uh, the thing is, a lot of times on the show, people sit here and kind of just start dogging uh, how some things of techno are boring or how like they're tired of hearing modular shit. I've said the same thing on the show a bunch. But there's plenty of good stuff, too. There's always... In fact, there's too much good stuff. There's not enough great stuff. This kind of goes back to the there's way too much music coming out. Mm -hmm. It's like too easy to buy good stuff, mm -hmm. which sounds... That is the biggest first world problem complaint you could ever have. I've got too much music and I can't afford to buy it all. Like, you know, that's Well, here's the here's the real deal though. I mean, that's that's part of the problem is that there's too much records coming out, but we were saying this 15 years ago too, like, oh, it's saturated, it's saturated. But the biggest problem is that these are people that have been doing records for like, making tracks for 2-3 years and then all of a sudden they're getting booked right. at decent clubs and parties and it turns out they don't know how to DJ. I mean, they can DJ, they can match beats, but they don't know how to control floor. They don't know floor. how to, to DJ. And that's why you have these narrow-minded sets where it's like maybe just one conga tech house thing for two hours or one banging track. Well, they're also or, primarily just their own tracks. Or that, you know. Because yeah, they don't know how to DJ, play anything else. Or they don't have the or they don't, they don't have the search. history to, yeah. to like go to a store and buy a bunch of stuff. Or like you said, they yeah. just got booked for their first gig ever and it's just like, 
I got to play something. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've had it a couple times now where I've <laughs> talked to promoters and they're like, to be honest, I'm not really looking to book younger acts. They said they're not opposed to it. They're not being like prejudiced, but they're just like, it's not high on our list of priorities because even though they make amazing music, they know like the guy's going to come in. He's been DJing for two, three years and he doesn't really have what it takes to, he's going to lose. He's not a headlining act, yeah, you know, you lose people real quick. So, um, I don't and that's only going to become more of an issue as time goes on. Well, that's because Facebook's a powerful tool to make your career pretty big, even if you yeah. haven't done anything monumental. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, um, you know, because obviously a lot of this show is people that are either uh, doing well in this business or they would like to. And, <laughs> you know, since the numbers are so low these days, it's like if you... I don't encourage shady shit, but like if you were that desperate, you could make it happen. Like I was looking at uh, um, earlier this summer, I was looking at the most charted tracks on RA or whatever because I don't know depressing. why. <laughs> yeah, and but the thing is, is like the top track, the times that it was charted that month it was like maybe thirty times or something, which isn't much. That's not even that much, you know. And I'm like, you know, not that you want to, but you could create 30 fake accounts or I'm sure there's a service that does it like there's all these ways I guarantee around you there's shit. somebody out there that's already thought of that yeah you, but in the thing is is it's just like really to get this exposure that people are kind of desperate for it's not that far out of reach to do it with uh, with your credibility intact and with a, like a moral yeah. compass is a little more challenging but I mean it's it's kind of a feeble way this whole platform uh, yeah I mean it's it's not hard to game the game the system at all, for sure. But why would you want to do that? like where? How do you sleep well? I, yeah, you know, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to, but I mean, like it happens. I yeah, it totally that. happens. I mean, I remember like when MySpace was around, they had that player. There was like these scripts. Oh yeah, you that, just have it play like a million times. Yeah, like there would be a computer that would just be running it, so I'd keep replaying. It's like, oh yeah, this track had four thousand plays last night, or some <laughs> shit like that, you know. And there's always a way to game it. Yeah, people are always doing that, but I mean, there's, I mean. But the thing is, is the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people, honestly, I think they just want to travel around for two years and get out. They don't really give a shit if there's a credibility intact with it. No, they just want to make their fame and quit. It's yeah. uh, it's like the Kardashian syndrome. And but those are the people that want the gigs the quickest and everything. And it's like, well, at that point, you might as well just go all in and be like the evil criminal and and, and be shady about it. Because they it, also fizzle out. What, within it. Yeah, I mean, it, this it's nature sorts itself out. I say that about life in general. I mean, it's hard to be active in this industry for a long period of time, consistently and steadily. I mean, that's where I think yeah, it's more impressive. But sure, you can have a meteoric rise to fame and do all the cool shit and play all the biggest clubs. But when you fart all over the turntables for two hours, who the hell's going to care in six yeah. months? You know? It's really hard to keep it up. I mean, it's cheesy, but like, you know, in, in school in the States, there's a whole uh, saying like, it's easy to get an A, but it's harder to keep it or whatever, you know, that whole lame <laughs> sentiment. But I mean, that, that rings true in our industry. Like, yeah, you can probably, there's some, there's plenty of people that have like one badass record and then I can think of plenty. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and where are they now? Yeah. Either they still somehow are around cause they were able to make it happen. They, they worked hard to keep it up somehow, or they just fizzled out almost immediately. And there's quite a few of those. Yeah. But I mean, they should do one of those like, where are they VH1, now? like, uh, where are they now? <laughs> well, somebody did that, I want to say, like a year and a half, two years ago. And I 
that's how I read about Gemini because they're like, where is he now? And it was in this. Well, article. he's a special case though, because yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, some people are like, uh, you know, I'm a parent now. I don't give a fuck about yeah, that just stuff. Moved and, on. Yeah, I well, mean, I don't know if, especially if I was living in the state and I was a parent, I'd be like, I, I don't want anything to do with that rat race. <laughs> yeah, but there are people that are parents and DJing professionally and playing, making it happen and yeah, doing sure. it and somehow keeping their life together. They're still married. Their kids not a complete Muppet man. All I gotta do is watch out for myself, and I can barely keep it together. <laughs> so it's impressive. <laughs> Some days are better than others. Yeah. I have to say, right now I'm doing all right. Yeah, you know? keep it together. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I think, and that's the other part of it is, uh, you know, we're talking about how hard it is to keep up at this pace. It's really a lot. It's really demanding. I can't even imagine having to factor in the family part of it. But I honestly think that's also a kind of some of these people that have families are generally doing pretty well because you, it's this like fight or flight syndrome. Like you have no choice; you have to succeed. But it's also, I think, if you're, if you got a family, I think your adjustment level is a bit different. You're not going out to the all the after. Yeah, you're making your time, and skipping flights and, and shit healthier. like that. Yeah, you know, you're you're a little bit more. Well, some of them are, and that's the other crazy part. I'm just like, doesn't that person have you know like responsibility? One kid, X amount of kids, whatever, and <laughs> X amount of kids. Man, there's some guys in this industry that, you know, have done the total cliche dude thing and they got like 12, 13 kids. And no, that's not even being a, a, a you know, a rich, a crazy statement. <laughs> no, that's not far from the truth. Yeah. Oh, well. But um, let's let's get back to you again. <laughs> I don't know what we're They're talking about. Deviated a little bit. Uh, by the way, do you need anything more to drink while we're at it? Sure. All right. You want to grab it? I'll, uh, it's right up there. Basically, uh, the next thing that I wanted to mention is like the bunker. You're super, uh, close with the whole crew and Brian and everything. So I know you've kind of, whether it's Brian going in and talking about it, Derek's been on the show, like everybody kind of talks about bunker, but let's get your take on it. And what do you want to know? Well, I mean, uh, for people that aren't aware of you. Yeah. I'll pour a little that for me too. Pour a little in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you basically started when you were in New York, right? You didn't. Uh, you weren't part of it in Detroit already, or what was the connection and everything like that? So, well, the connection was Plaslaco. Okay. Um, part of the that's actually kind of part of the reason that I moved from Detroit is mm-hmm. that uh, Derek, when Bunker was still at Subtonic, mm-hmm. he had me out to play as a guest, and like that kind of like triggered everything for me when it kind of was like. It felt the most like Detroit mm-hmm. in New York. Like that was just like wow, this is like a complete lateral move. Yeah, like, it's it's the same kind of ethos. It's a bit grimy. It's definitely sloppy in the best way. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, this is totally for me. So I just, you know, because of Derek being a resident, was hanging around at the parties every week, yeah. and then that turned into, I noticed that like you know Brian was largely doing a lot of the setup by himself. Yeah. It's like I was getting done with work when I was still working at Turntable Lab. I'd be done at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And like this is when it was still at Subtonic and stuff like that. It was like all I have to do is go one stop on the train. Yeah. And like I can come help you carry the sound system in and stuff like that. Like do you want some help? So that just kind of – I started helping with the setup and then that parlayed into, well, since you're helping set up, like yeah, of course you can play. And then that turned into why don't you just be a resident? So – that's awesome, but I mean, that's a great way to do it, though, too. Yeah, I mean, it's very, you know, getting your hands dirty instead of just like 
kind of walking That's the way into it. it should be done, though. I mean, the thing is, is in a, a lot of the times I see with new party promoters these days, you get a lot of people that are inexperienced uh, when you're traveling, like especially in Europe, because everybody's trying to do parties. There's money to be made. And they're, you know, right off the bat, they're trying to have 500 people into two rooms and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, like you pump got the brakes, guys. One, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, whoa. And then you you start talking to them and you realize, like, they what they should have been doing is pushing speakers, kind of interning for other promoters that are doing well and just, like, learning the ropes. But instead, they're just like, we're just going to kind of wing it. You know what I well, mean? Well, no, it's more like... I've got records. You've got records. Let's yeah. throw a party. Like but there's that's no. How it always. I, we did that. I did that. You know. Yeah, but, but you still went to other parties and learned. You cut your teeth in another capacity, not just like, I've got a beatport account. Let's let's throw yeah. a rave. You know, it's like it's a bit more work, and it's nicer to have maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I the it, work ethic, I guess you could say. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like if you're listening out there and you should do it. I think <clears> I think you should cut your teeth. Like we all come victim to that like i honestly thought like oh if i do this podcast it'll be a walk in the park i know audio stuff and it's like it's a lot of work actually to be <laughs> honest and i've really underestimated it i'm like fuck man i kind of got myself into more than i really wanted to trial by fire though yeah of course but i mean like i guess it applies to those kids too like you know they didn't really know what they're getting themselves into but i mean i think it's it's i think it's a good look to yeah go carry a couple speakers and go be the last guy out of the party because you have to tear down shit. Yeah. Not just pay your money and walk in and walk out. There's a lot more that goes on. Yeah. You know, with helping with promotion or, I mean, granted, we also grew up in an era where you still had street teams and like you actually had to go store to store and drop off flyers. Oh yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. No. Granted, well, Berlin's a exception because there's a motorcade of people weed pasting posters up. Totally. On like an hourly schedule. But it's incredibly hard to throw parties here. I mean, not only is but it expensive, but, but it's... But I mean, you ever look on RA on Friday and Saturday nights? There's like 180 insane. parties Yeah, in one city. How, yeah. What? what? <laughs> Granted, only like eight of them are ones people could name off the top of their heads. Yeah, if that. Eight's a... Eight's you know, a being very you know, generous. Everybody's going to like... You know, they're going to be like, well, okay, there's P-Bar, Watergate, uh, Trezor, Club and then, yeah. Arena... And it used to be Stabad when that was still open. and But, I mean, and then you're like, well, what other clubs are there? There's actually a bunch of clubs. What happened to Weekend, which used to be, like, super yeah, popular? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, they would have big acts there all the time, like Richie, Dubfire, Carl Fred Fred whatever. Lobos is playing all the time. But I think they just decided to, I think it's, it's a bottles, restaurant or some shit. It's more bottle servicey now, I think. I fucking like, hate it. It's not even a club. or I, I think I it's think a it's, hip-hop It's thing. still a club, I think. I think not, it's with, called- not with, like, techno or house music or anything. I could be wrong, but I, Google it. I don't feel like it. I don't, I'm never gonna. <laughs> You're go. not that invested. The only like the only time that I ever came close to getting into a fight in Berlin was there. Was there? I, I went on a minus night and there was some Irish guy in the bathroom. I don't remember. I, I pissed him off somehow. I think like I cut in front of him to use a sink, and he was like fight worthy. He was trying to tell me he was gonna knock me out of my shoes, and like I'm not really. I'm first of all, I'm not a fighter. And I was, I was, but I knew this guy could take, so I'm just like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? And then, like, I really, we were having this banter, and I'm just like, oh, God, how did I go down to this level? Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? So, stooped to some level. And I just, I haven't gone back since. You well, know? I mean, I think I've been to Weekend, like, three times mm-hmm. in six years, and I think it lasted maybe 45 minutes yeah. every time. That being said, I mean, uh, the staff were cool there. Um, it's a cool club. It actually is. No, that, that's the thing. A lot of the places here would be godsends anywhere else in the world. Oh, my God. Some of the biggest dives. 
that we air quote called dives here yeah. would be absolute like stormers. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to put anybody, any club on blast on the show, but like the clubs that like some people might think lesser of, if you got to play that somewhere in the States, you'd be like, dude, this is the fucking best yeah, spot in the there's States. Some, there's know? some amazing shit in the city. And yeah. the problem is that, and actually me and my, my missus were just discussing this the other day that like, we really have fallen into that trap of only looking for the gigs that are, or the parties that are at arena, Trezor, Berghain. Yeah, yeah. And then we kind of stop. But then like, if you really click into the listings on like RA or whatever, and you see that, yeah, some like Omar S is playing at about blank. It's like, yeah. oh, right. I totally forgot about about blank. And like, there's actually cool stuff that happens. on it. Like you kind of keep forgetting that there's, a lot going on in the city, yeah. especially on the weekends. It's like and there's, there's one offs now. Like I, I forget what it was. I went. To, it was in Mita. There was like some gay party that was going on. It was like a house thing. About are you not talking about ago. the um, not Heron Sauna? That was the one I was going to say. That's just on the street here. Uh, but it was fucking awesome. Actually, like I, whoever was DJ and just it was one of those parties where you walk and you're like dude if it was the right dj this party would be insane going off but instead it was just a fun good party but it could have been incredible with the right dj and you know like one of the my favorite places in the city it just happens to be the furthest one away is heidi that's what i hear dude um it's awesome yeah that's out by the airport right yeah you gotta go all the way it takes more of a house club though isn't it or yeah okay it's definitely more housey but the location's killer the club's awesome. The sound system's Ian great. Ian Pooley was telling me great things about Dude, it. Dude, it's so. great. Um, it's really awesome. I mean, the, the the problem for me, though, is because I'm traveling on the weekends for, for my own gigs, yeah. I come back and your Sunday options are Berghain. That's it. I mean, there's other, you know, I'm not going to go to Golden Gate or anything like that. It's just too crap. No, you go there on Monday. <laughs> well, <laughs> those days are over of going out, you know, Monday morning still for me. Come on. Maybe gotta, once a year. Yeah, there but, we go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I know but, it's in there somewhere. But, oh, shit. All right. I thought I knocked the cable out. But, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. There, there's plenty of awesome spots here. And, you know, I actually, uh, you know, you're talking about Bunker and how it was, it was kind of dirty in New York. I, I, I actually yeah. never got to go to Bunker in New York. But, um, I mean, that's kind of the vibe that I was always looking for. And I that's why I just kind of. Fell in love with Berlin a bit is because it's grody, you know. Oh, I mean, I just, again, we come from that ethos of I don't care how many scanner lights you rent or what color the laser is and how many watts it is. Just yeah. put, a, put a red bulb behind the DJ booth, <laughs> yeah, and like let's just get weird, yeah. Like so, that's way more fun to me. I mean, that's definitely the ethos that we all grow up with, and I'm into it. But I have to say, I'm also I kind of like somewhere in the middle. Like for example. Um, I'm really tired of the rooms where it's just like pitch black where you can't even see an inch in front of you. Like, that's cool, but I feel like there's so many techno parties like that that are well, like, that's a okay, now you're cliche. Just, yeah, I'm like, now you're just cheaping out on uh, production. Or like, they'll have a wall with the projector, and it's like, cool, but I'm not here to watch TV. I'm here to fucking party. You know what I mean? And I think there's room for projections. Like, of course, there's amazing visual artists, yeah. but it's like, I can't see anything. People are stumbling over each other. And the visuals aren't, you know, the they're not even good. You know, it's yeah. just like, wow, cool. You got the screensaver up. You know, and like, I got to say, like, I like the kind of the lighting, like in a place like Panorama Bar, because I mean, it's kind of bright in there, but it's focusing on Very the walls yeah. and it's not, you know, and it's not like lasers shooting in your eyes and shit. And I think like that's a well done lighting situation. Well, it's, like, and, it's 
drama- animated mood lighting, basically. Yeah. It's not meant to be like patterns and yeah. gobos and shit. It's me- well, they call it bar, bar for a reason. Cause it, so it's bar lighting rather than like club lighting, yeah. in my opinion, you know? And um, I don't know. I mean, like what? So I didn't get to go for the people that didn't go to go bunker. What was what did you describe it as? It was just really dark and dirty or I mean, it was same concept. I mean, we didn't really use any lights, maybe a couple, but mm-hmm. they were more static lights just on. So you don't trip over shit. Yeah. But we're not, you know, using animated patterns or like yeah. music synced stuff nope. it's just there to pop strobes or anything no like no yeah. no smoke machine because mm-hmm. there was enough smoking going on yeah there. but that but that was after the smoking ban even still. oh yeah it's not like it stopped anybody yeah it never does no it doesn't i mean I you're think... not supposed to smoke here in yeah, germany nobody find me a place that actually has like you have to go outside yeah well or they'll have a designated weekend. room weekend <laughs> yeah i mean that's you know the thing is, is I remember actually the first time I ever played in New York was for Lenny Apostle right after the smoking ban took effect, like a month after. Yeah, but there was like a complete flip out. Like people were like absolutely oh, yeah. losing their mind. Like yeah, I'm yeah. never coming to this establishment ever again kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, I mean there was almost, I don't know if there was a soul there. I, I want to say there was like a handful of people there when I played that night, but he was just like... No, this is just the general consensus. I mean, again, this wasn't so long after 9-11, I don't think. What was it, 2000? I think the smoking ban in New York was 2004. Three or four, something like that. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the city was still kind of uh, catching up after that, in a way. Yeah, but, I mean, if there's ever a time that you want to have a smoke, it's after... Yeah, no (laughs) shit, man. Like, But, you know, so the smoking ban went into effect, and... I, for one, I don't smoke cigarettes, so I love it anywhere you go. Like in the States, if I go play at a club, I don't have to like worry about walking out and smell like an ashtray. But yeah, in I mean, Europe, I, I, it's guaranteed you're going to smell like an ashtray. Yeah, I mean, I don't smoke either. Never have. Mm-hmm. And it's nice when you go to a place where they don't allow it. It's yeah. great. <laughs> you go home and you actually... It's actually I've noticed that when it's a place that doesn't have smoking, I'm my longevity is much longer. Like I can hang out at the party a lot longer. Yeah, definitely. But if, if it's like a... If it's just like a clam bake in there, mm-hmm. my eyes hurt, my contacts are bothering me, I get a headache. It's just like, ugh. yeah, you start like coughing and everything, and your throat, <laughs> the black lung. Yeah, I got the black lung. Pop. <laughs> but I mean, I so I'm I'm all for it, but I can say it definitely killed. Uh, yeah, you had a bad experience. <laughs> well, but I mean, not just like in Minneapolis, it it started killing the vibe of parties a lot because people would just hang even if it was 30 below fahrenheit people go out and have a cigarette for five ten minutes and like you keep losing the dance floor but always you see these like waves yeah, where it's exactly. like the hive mind where it's like i'm gonna have a cigarette you want to have a cigarette and all of a sudden like 30 people all leave the dance floor at the same time it's like what did was that about? Yeah, i'll go out with you i'll go with you yeah and it was like, like what, what am i missing out on it was like was that a bad record like what did i do <laughs> yeah but in and the thing is is i mean shit that happens over here in Europe still too like not every gig is going to be great and it's, that, that's the worst feeling is when it's very uh, like you said hive mind like it'll just come and go and you can't build a, a dance floor vibe with that no like no matter what you're just uphill battle you know like there's you know a, a lot of DJs what they hate doing is they hate playing for the zombies you know the kids that are just completely whacked out on drugs and kind of not standing there but just doing the shuffle like zombies and I kind of dig it because I know I I can basically do whatever I want and they're too high to leave. So <laughs> it's kind of like you're okay. you're locked in here with me now. But like you're a lot stuck. of DJs don't like it because they feel like they, well, they need want, the hands in the air. And they all want that. more of an emotional response. And I'm like, but I'll, you know, if we're I don't call it a 
it's not a terrible gig. A terrible gig is when no one's there. But I would rather have that than the people coming and going, and then once in a while they get rowdy. Because yeah. you know, then you're questioning yourself all goddamn night. I mean, whatever. Some people, that's their shtick, though. They want the hands in the air breakdown moments. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I want that sometimes too. But... We all do, but like, I'm totally cool with just being locked in and having people a full room. I don't need screaming. Yeah, that's <laughs> just it. Just annoys me in some capacity. Well. I, I don't know. I kind of like it when crowds are rowdy, to be honest. But yeah. it's not a necessity. No, no. But every once in a while, you need a good. I just... From, and, and the thing is, these days, I'm playing much deeper than... I've, I've always been into deeper stuff, but like more than ever, I'm playing deeper sets. And it's really nice sometimes when... Because you think, you're like, fuck, man, it's kind of quiet when you got your headphones on and you look up and it's like, oh, it's nothing bad. They're just in the zone. Like, yeah, they're, they're locked just com- in. They're locked in. That's the thing. Nobody's, like, chatting on the floor, checking their phones. That's like, kind of always been my, like, litmus test because, you know, you'll scan the crowd and if you see a bunch of people, like, on Facebook in the middle of the dance floor, yeah. clearly they're not that invested in it. But if it's everybody's just heads down, eyes closed, okie yeah. dokie. I don't care if you're... problem is it, it, it takes... You know, a long time usually for that to happen at the parties, and it's not to like the end of the night sort of thing. And I'm not saying like one thirty a.m. end of the night, like state style, but I'm talking like five in the morning, one thirty p.m. <laughs> yeah, that or that kind of shit. And uh, yeah, to me, that's like the best of the dance floor. It's way more entertaining because yeah. it's just yeah, you're just it's like hypnosis. Yeah, and you know, like they're they're locked in and they trust wherever you're going. That being said, I've had people that have that kind of dance floor and they do a one eighty and just destroy it well it just wakes everybody up and you're just like oh right I should, yeah i should go home i think i, I put a casserole in you <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you're just like fuck this guy i'm out <laughs> yeah well that was weird i'm piecing out uh, of here close my chat yeah. but uh so i mean you know you just played here at i didn't get to see this at but it was, was it a bunker night or where at burkheim yeah no no brian from bunker did play with me but okay. it wasn't branded as a bunker night they did the bunker night in February. Okay. February. Yeah, because I saw you play the last time you played there, but this time I, I think I was gone or something like I mean, that. It was... No, it wasn't ADE weekend. It was the weekend before. Yeah. A lot of people were out of town. Yeah. But how, it went well. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, it went super well. It was good. Awesome. I, I always get the afternoon shift, and I love it. That, like, one in the afternoon to five. That's really cool. It's kind I of a cruise it. control stretch in well, a way. Well, it's just it's that switch over between the people that are ready to go home and like the fresh totally kind of locals more than anything. Cause the, uh, I would say like the 8am to 12pm slot or, you know, give or take an hour. That's one of the toughest slots that's to t- play. Cause they're the losing people club. left and right. Well, yeah, you just have this coming and going. Like your first wave of people is like, they're, they're, well, they're checking all, out. Well, all the people that are there at 8am probably stood in line for three hours. Yeah. And they've maybe blown their wad and had way too many mind erasers at the bar. Yeah, exactly. And they're done. They're done yeah. at 8am. It's like, it's, which is perfectly acceptable. <laughs> right, right. But like, there are a lot of, it's a lot of more of the touristy crowd because they, they're, they're ingrained in their brain that like, oh shit, it's 7am. We got to. Get yeah. your coat and get out of here. It's like, no, no, you got like 24 more hours of this party. Totally. Like, you got to pace yourself. And then you got the you got the guys that are coming in. They're all fresh. They, you know, they had a big breakfast and everything, but they're not quite in the zone They yet. need a minute. You know, they <laughs> need to sit down, have a drink, maybe chat, bullshit a little bit, you know, text their friends, see where they're at. And then by, by 12 or 1, everybody's getting locked in Yeah, again. but you know what? I'm always that guy that shows up at like 10 a.m., showered, full night's sleep, Big breakfast. I used to be like that. And I like I walk into friends and I'm just like, Oh my god, like you 
should eat something. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, you know, um, Ryan Elliott's closing this weekend. and uh, Wait, he's closing? Know, yeah, Brookheim. Uh, he told me that um, he was playing. I mean, I think he is. I don't know. I thought but, he told me he was playing 9 to 1. Really? Because I could be wrong, but it's my birthday on Sunday. And, oh, I, it is. and I get back. I'm playing in, in Belarus tomorrow, but I don't land back from Belarus until like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'm going to miss the majority of Ryan's yeah. set. It's right there. It's my birthday. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe I should just go and get completely yeah. polluted. Mm-hmm. If he's closing. I, yeah. If he, Well, anyway, my point is if he is or like, let's say anybody that's I'm, I'm getting to this point where I. I would rather just go to bed and wake up around 8 a.m. and go for a few hours. Are you just, talking about like the closing of the closing? Yeah. That's the <laughs> stuff I want to hear, though, like all the the deeper floaty stuff, not the... That's where it gets really interesting. It's yeah. emptied out a bit. You know, you got space to move. And then it's... The music gets... Yeah, that's when they start really digging in the, the backside of their catalog. Yeah, the stuff that like they don't always get to play. Or at least never, a good closing they, DJ. Yeah, they never get to play, basically. And um, But the thing is, you know... Um, I usually go too early, and I just can't stay out that late anymore. You're I right. mean, I could, but I I will regret it severely. Ryan Elliott and Boris, yeah, pegging. Well, is it? I don't know. They don't. They they don't really. I think it's just Ryan closing. I don't know. Are they, is it back to back? It says Ryan Elliott and Boris. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> people are like I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Point being, uh, I think I should just go in the morning and stay fresh and. I can see myself walking the dog and then like... And, well, here's the other part. Uh, and, of course, he knows this, but this for some reason, this week is one of those weeks where I got five birthday parties to attend. You know what else it is this weekend? What's that? Daylight savings. Is you it? get an extra hour. Two, forward, fall back? 2 a.m. becomes 1 a.m. Sweet. Party on, Wayne. That works for me. So, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And, um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought here. Yeah, it's still on. It's just okay. the monitor turned off. I did not fit. I, I can edit like that out. Sleep, sleeps. That does mean, though, that we're a little over an hour into the podcast here. Uh, so we keep going off the deep end, but that's fine. <laughs> going back point? to you for the third time here. So you make music? or <laughs> I try. No, but uh, so we we actually didn't talk about any of the other records you put out. Um, you did a few things, I think. Was it Mosaic? I did a, um, yeah, it's a lot of compilation stuff or like various mm-hmm. artist things just because I work quite slow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but is yeah. Is that changing? You're starting to. It's, yeah, it's getting better and it's more uh, efficient. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> more efficient and uh, comfortability in, in working, you know. It took me a while to like actually like anything that I made, but also just, there's just those hours of, blindly you plug away yeah just like blindly hitting buttons and going god this all sounds like shit well i mean the thing about your new record is it sounds good it's really warm i don't know if it's in the box or if you're using gear or not but i mean it's, it's all in the box it's just spending a lot of time finessing everything well i, I mean i think it shows like uh you know it, it's not really a banging record per se no but um that's not really my... No, it's not your thing. Not my thing. But I mean, like, let's say some dude that's listening to the show is into bang and stuff and he checks it out. It might not be as bad, but it'd be like, okay, I totally... You know, it doesn't sound amateur in yeah. any way. And which a lot of tracks that are coming out do kind of have an amateur vibe sounding. You know, a so. lot of stuff just sounds rushed. I mean, that or one that, took yeah. me forever. Because mm-hmm. it's just some OCD. You yeah. know, like, I'll nitpick little t- side, like certain things forever. And mm-hmm. 
But I mean, I'm also the type of person that will very slowly like modulate crap, like envelopes that are just like, why, yeah. why? Well, then you can't hear it on the big sound system anyway. But right, I, but like it, to me, it's like no, it's doing something. I, I do that too. I, mean, I, th- I think most producers do that. It's OCD. They don't know when to stop. But you know, like for example, uh, Rod Hod, for example, he was saying that like his first record took like six months to make. But you know, as he spent more time, because it picks up, you know, you, you pick up, and now he can crack it out fairly quickly. But I mean, at the same time, that dude was really busting his ass in the studio after. You know, things started to pick up for him. Like where most people might coast and watch Netflix during the week, he's working, dude. Yeah, and that's you the know? thing is, is obviously like I could be a bit better in my work ethic because there's days where it's just like, nope, I'm nope, I'm I catching was in up my on sweatpants until 20 minutes before you came here. You know, I'm good, <laughs> good. Thanks for changing. <laughs> yeah, I just I figured I do. I got to do you a favor. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Put it together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean it's I'm getting better and I'm getting faster, but I'm also just. Like I said, it's more of a comfort thing. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll dwell on shit for way too long, or I'll spin myself out thinking mm-hmm. it's garbage, and it's like I go, I get nowhere. Yeah. So it's a lot of just like trusting uh, in myself, and maybe like just walking away from it for a little while. But I've been, I get hit up with a lot of remixes, which I like doing more in some capacity. I used to when I was younger too. I mean, like I have a lot of uh, big remix credits to my name, and then I haven't done much of those in the last few years. Uh, at first it was cause I, it was getting kind of overwhelming. I'm just like, I'm going to focus on original stuff. So I kind of made myself hard to get to. And then after a while, when they, when they can't get through to you, they just, they stop trying. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Oops. that, that's, it's okay with me because the remixes that I've done lately, they're pretty challenging for me because I guess I gotta, it all depends on the kind of tracks you pick. Like if you have a vocal you can work with or something. It's a little easier. But if you're getting a techno track to remix, you're like, well, I guess I can just put this synth on a new drum beat. And right. Call it's it a just, day. yeah, there's a lot of, I've had a couple of remix requests where I'm like, let me hear the track first. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, there's literally nothing here. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a miracle worker. You yeah. Know, I'm not just going to, so, like you said, I'm not just going to rearrange the pattern. Yeah. And, and just because there's nothing there doesn't mean it's a bad track. I just think that it uh, means it's not easy to remix. Like, I got some stuff in my catalog that, I was going to get remixes of, and then I'm really listening to it in the parts. And I'm just like, nobody's really going to be able to do anything with this. And why should they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they might have fun with it, especially like a newer guy or something that just wants to mess around. But ultimately it's not going to be that special of a thing because the part just doesn't lend itself that way. And I think that's kind of why I like doing remixes. Cause because I'm not as efficient in the mm-hmm. studio with my own stuff to have the pieces to play with already. I think, yeah, I mean, it just it it becomes a lot quicker, but it's also a learning experience because I'm playing with somebody else's parts. Mm-hmm. I might inadvertently teach myself something that then I can take to use on my own. Track. Totally, you learn like uh, you know Radio Slave was saying like the way that he learned basically how to make music is when you got his start doing remixes and shit from like Kylie Minogue and stuff. You get all the stems and you realize like how things are laid out. Yeah, and you know you don't really well. I guess you can go to school these days and they'll teach you that, but. Um, it's nice to see that or, or get somebody else's take. And I mean, when I was, you know, let's say 10 years ago, up until about 2009 or 10, I was, I was, my deal was like, I'm going to make my name on remixing. I don't need, cause you know, I just was into it. Like you said, yeah. you like having the parts. And then after a while I was like, well, 
I can't really do anything with the parts that I'm doing. And I really back myself into or a wall. Or you start not repeating yourself. Like yeah, this. like three or four times where I'm just like, actually, I'm not I'm not hitting the right notes like I used to. Yeah. Well, so. you see, uh, there's been a couple times where like I've started a remix and I'm just like, wait a second, I just made that track. Like it's completely different remix, different uh, parts, but somehow I'm falling into this like, oh, cool. Okay. Exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have that. I've, you know, I wrote five tracks last week and, um, they, you like, I mean, you can tell that on records though. Like you'd be like, oh, this is with that during that period. Like you could tell the guy must've done a lot of this stuff in a two week period, like just a really creative output thing. And, well, no, there's nothing wrong with that, but no, 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 totally. But I mean like, you know, you copy your steps a bit and it works, it works. But that's how also how you'd build your sound. You know what I mean? No, I mean, you have to get comfortable with one before you can move on to another in some capacity. Like you, you master one thing. Like there's people like that make dub techno, which is not really that difficult in practice, but like to get it correct and make it sound good mm-hmm. takes a while. But that teaches you theoretically. That teaches you other mm-hmm. like ways of doing things, and there's all steps to it. You know, just like kind of yeah, of course, experimenting and throwing shit at the wall. I mean, I know, I know you like dub techno. I mean, listen to your DJ sets and stuff like that. But I, like I mean, but overall, it's it's one of those genres where it's not hard to sound good, but it's hard to not sound boring, right? That's the thing. Is yeah. like it, it's a difficult one, and it's also just like a dime a dozen. I feel like it's the same thing with like real electro, where it's like it's not hard to sound, yeah, pretty decent, but to like really stand out. Yeah, you're tough. never gonna beat Drexia, you know. You're not. And there's been a lot of. But there's shit. a lot of dope uh, electro out there at oh, the moment too. Hell yeah, there is. But there's also a lot of fucking turd sandwiches. You could say that about every genre, though. True, but if it's the one thing that you can tell people are just like, yeah, let's. I'm gonna make electro now. It's just like, just, just stop. Yeah, but and the thing is, is people that don't know true electro still are on this thing. Like, are you talking about uh, Eric Prides or? Uh, you know, like the electro got such a bad, uh, that name got, you know, like minimal, which was never really for the most never part, minimal. minimal electro got it worse because it's been exploited on the commercial level. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, it, cause if you were to like talk to some guy and he's like, I love electro and he's probably thinking it's some Miami shit and you give him a direct album and be like, the fuck is this? Yeah, he's going to be completely Maybe wild. a year later he'd be like, bro, that CD you gave me is dope. But at first he's going to be like. I don't know what the fuck this it. is. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's one of those terms that gets bandied about too easily. It's it's yeah. like when you're at the airport and somebody's like, Oh, what do you do for that? Oh, I'm a DJ. Oh, what kind of me? I play techno. I love Avicii. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. Well, you know what? We're done here. <laughs> like, let's just move on. Yeah, I um actually had that going to Tel Aviv on uh New Year's. I I just played I did two parties on New Year's and went right from one to the other. It was about Six in the morning, I'm taking the first flight out to get to Tel Aviv. And they stop me, and they're like, what's your deal, blah, blah, blah. Because for those who don't know, if you're going to Israel, you get grilled hardcore through going through customs about you know whole, your whole life. You're like, fuck, I never even had thought about this question. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. And uh, so, of course, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a DJ. That's why I have this crap with me, and that's what I'm going to do. And then they're like, oh, hold on. My friend loves uh, techno or the other security guard. Let me go get him. And they came up and then they're like, because, uh, you know, they're like, you're in Berlin. You're like, have you ever been to Shazor Bergheim? Yeah, sure, of course. And they're all excited. And then they're like, oh, yeah, do you like David Guetta? I'm like, well, 
no, but I wasn't being an ass. I'm just like, no, not not for me. Sorry. Yeah. And they're like, oh, have you ever played at Tomorrowland? Well, no. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, then you must not so then the security guard just walks away. And then it's like, I felt like they grilled me harder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When they start throwing those kind of things, like those very commercial but I mean, you know, like I don't want to be—I don't want to be like the the music Nazi and be like, "Oh my god, that's terrible." I'm just like, "No, nah, man, sorry, not my thing." Yeah, no, it's like, hey, you know, cool, man. Congratulations on, liking, yeah, liking that. You know, I I just hate it when people, if if something, if you don't like something, a lot of people really want to go out of the way to tell you. Uh, like if they ask you your opinion, then of course give it to them if you want to be keep it real or whatever. <laughs> but you know, like especially when it comes to like. Somebody and then uh, somebody will start flipping out about like, uh, you know, if they're a vegan or something. It's just like, dude, I don't need the fucking chat from you too. I've heard it this week already about how I should take care of my life. I'm not asking for your. If I did, if I asked for your opinion, I'd be like, yeah, okay, bring it on. You. Yeah, but I didn't but, open that door. No, you, know, exactly. like you don't need to. Show and it gets open when you don't even ask for it. You know, but I mean, that's the thing with being politically correct these days. Like, uh, I was talking to this one girl the other week, and she was talking about something. And she was throwing around the term cultural appropriation. Kind of, it was like the equivalent of like saying white people shouldn't eat tacos, or you know, to that extent. I'm just like, it's like the wearing the headdress at the festival thing. It wasn't that, but something to that extent. I'm just like, dude, no, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I get that you want to be a responsible person and you're trying to push for a better world and all that, but like, you got to pick and choose your battles more wisely, you know? Yeah. Well, people love to correct each other, though. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, we'll probably check out here soon. Uh, you have the record coming up. What's it called, actually? The Heuristic EP. You really got to pick better names, man. <laughs> no, the whole thing is that like I'm really big on like weird vocabulary. Like I like one word that can mean something really intense. Actually, I love that too. You know. So that's like but, all every track that I've ever made is are all just bizarre ass vocabulary that i've found uh, you know i got nothing against that and like for me it's actually the opposite i like kind of like quick poetic terms or something but well, like the track that i did that's on the semantica compilation mm-hmm. it's called anaphylantiasis and that's yeah. a condition where your eyelashes fall out and right. don't ask me how or why i found that word or why it relates to that track but i think it's <laughs> it's something that makes people just like all I want to know is I'm wanna, I want to wait for that moment where I'm playing one of your tracks and this dude comes up like, track ID, track ID, and you're like, oh, it's anthropomorphic, whatever. And they're like, the I've fucking head just yeah. explodes. And they're like, can you write it down? Oh, I no, there's been a couple times where people are just like, can you spell that? And I'm like, no. I'm in the mix right now. Can you ask me later? Or like, just go to my Discogs. And I know it's it's cheeky and dumb but yeah. I, it makes me giggle here's the thing like i'm 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 not a prick when i'm in the well i am a prick in the dj booth but the thing is is a lot of people will come up and i hate it when they do track requests but uh what i don't mind if they come up and they really want to know what the track is i like to share music so i don't mind telling people what it is but if i'm going to shout into your ear three times and yeah. you're still not getting it and then they're like can you write it on the phone it's like dude i'm working yeah, it's like- but it's like here's what you do you take your phone or you just like what I, what I would do, just like take a quick picture of the CDJ, be like, this is what it is. Be on your way. Yeah, I'm not an ass, but like I'm not going to write it down on the paper. We're not going to have a Instagram. I'm not going to send you the link. I'm yeah, gonna... you know. Well, I mean, I'm cagey as hell. Like I hate putting track lists for any podcasts mm-hmm. because it's just it's too easy for people. To... 
I'm one of those. I like, like that you brought this up though, because I have a thoughts on that. Okay, go good. ahead. Uh, I don't like you know being sniped on stuff like stuff that I dig and spend hours and stuff finding or money on. I don't want it just to be like listed on a hundred percent. But if somebody comes up to me at a gig and genuinely asks, I will always show them. Oh yeah, or I'll always like I'm totally Here's the fine. record or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at, it. take a photo. It's totally fine. But like, I don't like it being just emblazoned on like a podcast or a website. Like I'd like it there to be some mystery to it. But I also, the other reason is, is because there's been so many times where you want to s- pull the microphone up a bit more again. What'd you do? No, just the angle. No, this one. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Um, with, uh, with podcasts where people look at the track list and they don't even bother to hit play. They're just done. They're like, no, nope, I don't, I don't recognize any yeah. of those tracks or I don't like any of those or, uh, yeah, I'm just. Like, I'm, oh, I've heard this shit. Before. Yeah, I'm gonna move right on. Like they're done with it already. So like, I like when there's like a mystery where you have to actually listen to it. And you actually have to. Yeah, I mean, the, so there, there's a couple things about that. One, um, like you said, digging takes the effort, and people are like, well, listen, man, uh, I got a job and kids, and I don't have time to do the digging. And don't you want to support the artist and spread the music? And I'm like, absolutely. That's what I'm doing. But um. <laughs> Why is it that I have to go through all the effort of like, you know, discovering this shit so then you can have the free ride right. because you don't have the ability. And you know what? If uh, you, congratulations for having a wife and a kid and a job. Yeah. But, but, you know, they're sitting home watching football. Or there's something that they have a little bit of time for where they could be digging. Yeah. You, like, you play fantasy football. Or you know shit. what? One of the best DJs on the planet right now, and I'm not even joking about this, is YouTube. Like if you put on like, you know, let's say Ben Sims hard groove record, it's. It, the algorithm now it's like crazy like it'll find you like 30 other cool ass records yeah that you're like oh i remember that one or you never heard it like i put on a uk hardcore track the other day like one of those not happy hardcore but like the old breakbeat ravey things and then i was doing something in the kitchen and it played like four or five tracks afterwards that i never heard and i was like these are fucking dope actually mm-hmm. but um you know so people can do they can just put a, a YouTube random thing on and they'll find tracks. But more importantly, what I do, I, I think here's the happy medium. If you're going to do a podcast thing, uh, instead of, uh, you know, let's say you got 20 tracks on your podcast with the whole track list, say, here's 20 tracks, here's the artist's name, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what the order is or whatever, but like, or, but even, here's the people that are on Even if it's the it. artist of order, or the, the, the artist in order, you could be like, oh, this Eric Claudier dude. All right, let's fucking see what he's about because you know you want that one track, but when you start digging, you're like, oh, there's actually other ones that right. this guy makes that are just as awesome. I want those. Well, that's you where know? the Discogs wormhole begins because it's totally. just like you can easily find one artist, and then all of a sudden it's like you're on the label page, and then you find twenty other ones on that label, and then you find like six more artists on that label. And it's- yeah, but but that's what you know. Every once in a while, too. I mean, a lot of these records I have are like when you're younger, you know, you can't afford to have every record because you're like fucking 18, you know? So, for example, I had a bunch of Jay Denham records, but I didn't have... He has a lot of them. He's got a lot of records. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck it. I just went on... I found I found something and I downloaded all the Jay Denham records. I mean, they're not even really playable because it's like some of them are really shitty rips or like poor quality. But I just wanted to like be able to cycle through and be like, what should I search out for later or get a record? Well, now, yeah, now you have the way to look for the record because you've gone through the entire catalog kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, so I could sit here and say I just ripped off a whole dude's uh, discography. <laughs> but I mean, that's not the point I'm getting at. The point is, like, these are records that came out in like 90 fucking five or something. It doesn't matter. You can't get them. They're not even available on B port. No. But it's cool to search through that shit. And even if you're like, 
don't if it's too fast and too hard to play now, maybe there's a certain element that you like that'll influence your music later. You know? Yeah, CDJs go down to minus twenty or whatever the they hell. do. And if you hit the master tempo, they sound pretty damn good. And that's not the sync button. That, yeah, yeah, no, the, the master. Yeah. But I mean, the 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 time stretching algorithm it keeps it in key really well. Like whereas Tractor, it sounds a bit cartoony. Really <laughs> but it, it does well on the CDJs. Never played with it. You should, because I know you play a lot of melodical stuff. It's melodical. changed my whole perspective <laughs> on shit. I'm getting all trancy every once in a while, you know. Well, that's the thing in techno too, but we can't dog too another, much. That's uh, another. We can't pod- do too much shit talking. That's another podcast entirely. You know what? All right, if you want to play the one token '90s trance track in your set, that's fine. Be my guest. I'm not the party police here, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that are playing like a whole set of like old heart house. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what's the other? Trans IQ was it or mm. I don't remember because it's not really my bag. But... There's too many of them to be honest. But yeah. yes, there's been a that's the new wave of mm. stuff. It's gonna be either tribal techno or trans. Well, that's what you're saying. We've been like, yeah, I'm ready for tribal to come I'm back. I'm fully but, ready for tribal to come back. You know, my my new stuff. It's uh that I've like I put out this Ascension record earlier this year. The thing is, my idea was I'm gonna do a tribal record, but instead of using the congas, I'll use synths. So, but it's not as like it's not arpeggiated and shit right. like that. It's just more like in the same rhythm structure, and uh, you know a lot of stuff I'm using like clavis now, congas, all that stuff, and just, just get those old loops out. Yeah, well, I, the thing is, I don't really have uh, those kind of loops. I don't either. That's the thing. And I, <laughs> I sit there and like break apart those records. I'll listen to them like a hundred times. Like, how the fuck did they do this? Yeah. And then you're like, oh right, this is they just, just pitch something up from an old song. Or yeah, whatever. it's like it's like what's going on by you know. Uh, Marvin Gaye or something. Yeah, just yeah, Pitched exactly. way up. It's just like, oh, cool. That's all you had to do. You thought, like, and the thing is, I'm actually progr- <coughs> programming all my own drums. I, I do as well. And but, and then you realize, like, oh, they just ganked it. They were so much lazier about it, you know. Like and, I said, you just throw it into like a really eight bit sampler. Mm-hmm. Let it be all unquantized. <laughs> Rinse with a thumpy kick drum yeah, under it, and a dubstep. Maybe a, a Spanish I'll, vocal. I was gonna say just a Latin <laughs> vocal. Yeah. But so if you're out there and you want want to get on our good side, send over some tribal stuff. Yeah, no, never turn it down. But I mean, when it, when it comes to tribal stuff, where you, of course, you you know like hard groove, maybe some SLS cycle stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like Mark Broom, dude. Yeah, Mark Broom for sure. Pure plastic and all mm-hmm. those records. Did you, but so would you ever lean towards the housey side, like maybe more towards like the Danny Tenaglia? Yeah, of course. Yeah, dude, Tenaglia remix of Little Fluffy Clouds. Yeah. That's I mean the the jam. thing is he's he's got a lot of great stuff and oh, yeah. I um I, I mean that's, that's out a few of them that kind of toes that progressive line yeah of course. but like well yeah. like it's not Sasha and Digweed progressive but it's yeah well like there you know there's of course the classic be yourself right. uh, track and it gets pretty progressive with these like weird things so I just chopped out all that and made it just kind of a beat track and of course it's got the vocal in there sparingly yeah but uh. It's pretty fucking techno when it comes down to it at the end. And actually, that one's not so much tribal, but you know. But there's a lot of that stuff that, again, toes the line. People would probably be really quick to be like, oh, it's just progressive house. It's like, no, that's techno was kind of like that in the 90s. I mean, you know, and there's like, uh, I had some old stuff that was like Tony Thomas, which was kind of, uh, I forget what the number, Electric People, maybe. It's it's very tribally, it's a progressive house record basically but it you could easily play it in a techno set the reason i found out about it is Derek may was playing it. i'm like what the fuck is this show me the record and that was that you know well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that could easily be 
put into multiple different bins at the record store. But totally, it's it's all about how you play it and how you put it together, I guess. Because mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, every once in a while, a Prodigy record sounds pretty fucking good. Yeah, man. I mean, I I got I just got the art print for the Jilted Generation over there. It's something I always wanted when I was younger. It's with the dude flipping off over yeah. the bridge and everything. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, to be honest, I actually haven't listened to any of those Prodigy albums in about ten years. Dude, but food comes. Up, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I I grew up on that as a teenager. I yeah. loved it. But then I was, I was like, oh yeah, I should check that stuff out. And then, but I'm always walking around or something, <laughs> or like somebody brings it up at a, a bar or a dinner. And then I forget about it by the time I get home. But well, it's not something you're gonna put on your headphones while you go to grocery store. The bit intense. No. It's when you can do the naked dance in your house, right? Voodoo people. <laughs> that what's gonna happen when I leave? Pretty much, yeah. I figured. <laughs> oh, it's Friday. Fuck it. It's, it's it is Friday, right? It is. Friday. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Yes, it is Friday. Yeah. Speaking of, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, I gotta. I got to wrap it up soon. I got another birthday party to get to. You got like three today, don't you? Uh, if anybody's still listening, I got some birthday shout outs because I got five birthdays this week. Uh, shout outs to Kevin, Ambivalent. Uh, who is after that? Tyler Morrison. Happy birthday. Yesterday was Regal. Happy birthday. Today we got Ariel Bricka. Happy birthday. And then there's another person not many people know. <laughs> so uh, no, no there's a lot of crazy shit going on in... December or January for their parents. But wait, 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 we had this conversation at Kevin's. Place. That's right. I couldn't do the math. You couldn't do the math. I thought they were, uh, what was it, like March? five or six months <laughs> pregnancies? Seven months babies. Everybody was preemies. <laughs> <laughs> it would explain a bit. Well, that's why we're all, yeah, we're in this <laughs> fucked up thing together. Yeah, it would explain a bit. But yeah, they're Man, all. It's uh, all coming to light now. But they're all, uh, it's all New Year's love. Yeah. I'm going to email you. Call me a fucking preview on the radio show. <laughs> you know, and, you know, for anybody that actually was or whatever, I got to do the political correct thing. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just being an ass. Yeah. Good. Good. But I, you know. Good backpedal. Yeah. I'm not getting out of it. No. Actually, the, the thing is, what I'm getting more of now is politically correct emails. It used to be at first like, oh, this new show is awesome. Keep going. I really like it. But now when I get emails, it's like, you know, not everybody works in IT. Not everybody's a male that does this. And I'm like, yeah, but if I have to pause every time to, you know, list off 20 different ways my next point could go down, people are going to be like, fuck this. I'm tuning out. This is boring. Yeah. So, well, I'm sure you'll get a couple hate mail letters after this one. Well, especially having you on the show, of course. <laughs> Just wait for my inbox. It's going to blow up, too. Yeah. But uh, let's let's check out soon. I said we were going to do that a while ago, and we didn't. Uh, gigs coming up, podcasts, anything you want to plug? Uh, December's pretty busy. I'm going back to Australia again. All right. Where yeah. are you in Australia? Sydney and Melbourne. Okay. Playing at the Meerkat again in Melbourne before it closes, which I'm happy about. Okay. And then uh, Burdekin in Sydney. And then, yeah, what am I doing for New Year's? I'm playing in Macedonia, really, and, and Belgrade and Serbia. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that'll be an interesting New Year's. And then, uh, yeah, I've got a. I'm going to be doing an accelerator podcast in January. So, okay, yeah. Is there anything semi recent that people should check out if they buy, know you or don't know you? Buy my record, the record, of course. <laughs> but uh, other DJ sets or boiler rooms or any of that kind of shit. Uh, I mean, my RA podcast, I'm still super happy with. Mm-hmm. And my, I did one for Electronic Beats a while ago that I was really happy with. My Boiler Room, I really need a do-over. I watched that the other day, and I was just like, man, I did. I need I'm one, not, too. Not happy with my Boiler Room. Yeah. But, and it's there for, in, well, that's it. I for think all need, of time. We need to do one together. 
So tribal, tribal set? Yeah, fuck yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> we could do it. I'm sure we could pull it together. Yeah, that's the thing though. But then everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, you're just a tribal DJ." Like for now, for for this <laughs> week. <laughs> um, as for me, let's see. When is the air date next week? Uh, Friday. I'm in uh Portugal Industria Club. I don't know which city. I forget. Maybe Porto. Uh, Saturday. I'm in. I'm back in Belgium at H2O Club. I think it's in Peck or I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going off the top of my head. I don't even know if it's in Belgium. It could be in France. Spitballing it it's here. in that area. Um, other stuff coming up. Mm, yeah, nothing you need to hear about from me. No, actually, no. That's you know, Now I think about it. I've got concrete next week. No, two weeks. Nice. Good and place. I love concrete. I would love to get back there again, too. That's fun. And that's also another place where I felt like I could go all over and like play. You can do whatever everything. you want there. Yeah. They were locked in for sure. Yeah, concrete. And then I play here in Berlin at a, about blank. Right on. Uh, which party at about blank? Away. Okay, nice. Yeah, yep. for Andy. Yep. It's a Wednesday night. No, no, he's doing one on Friday. Oh. This, he he got hit up to do more of a because they usually yeah his parties are they're usually Detroit leaning. Yeah, and they're usually more a bit more housey on a Wednesday. Yeah. But, for those don't know, he's uh he's always bringing the Detroit guys in, and then he's uh Discreet Circuit who was on Zach's label that yeah. big acid track. I gotta bust that out again. It's a good one. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm playing there with um. It's me and Blind Observatory in the techno room, and it's great producer and DJ too. Yeah. And Gerd from uh, Clone. Okay, so because the there's room. a couple, there's Gerd Jansen and Gerd, but it's just Gerd. regular Gerd, just Gerd, Dutch Gerd, Dutch Gerd. Okay, yeah. so that that's a strong lineup. It's going to be a good night. Yeah, it'll be a good one. So awesome. Um, I think that that's about it for this one. Awesome. Come back soon. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Or not. Oh, you can leave now. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>